so I have recorded, like, a bunch of segments and stuff, but I've, I noticed that I kept repeating myself because I kept getting confused. So I just decided to restart everything, or start over. So I obviously did not post an episode last week, and that is because I had so much work to get caught up on and so much stuff to do. But this week, I got caught up with everything, finally. I am actually having a pretty decent week so far. Uh, so, yeah. The week after I uploaded the podcast episode with Riley, where I was talking, where we were talking about the real Conjuring case, I couldn't sleep very well that night, and I'm like really sure that it's just because I creeped myself out because that's what happened like the previous week and then nothing creepy happened after that I was able to sleep fairly well last week when I didn't post so I'm I think that I really do think that it's just because I was getting creeped out but yeah nothing creepy has happened that I can remember Riley is not with with us today because she had I don't remember what she was doing, but she was busy today, and Sierra has to work today, too, so she's not with me either, so I'm all by my lonesome. I don't know why, but I just keep talking with my hands flailing, like somebody's gonna be able to see this. <clears throat> and since I'm by myself, I will most likely get very annoying. My voice is not the most appealing, as you can tell. And, yeah. So, this is just a warning right now, in case you do not like my voice and you don't want to listen. You might want to not listen to this episode. So, I created an email account for this podcast... And I got to figure out how to, like, set everything up so, like, I can attach it to the podcast channel. And it's not going to be, like, a link to where you can, like, email us directly. So, like, if you want to email us, you're going to have to, like, write the email down and then type it in and stuff. I don't know how that works because, hold on. Who? I thought I had to burp. I don't know how that email stuff works, so... Because I don't really email that much. I just text people. And I would say I'd be comfortable giving my phone number out. But I'm really not. So that's not happening. And I just created a Instagram account. I know it's like cheesy and stuff. But, you know, I don't feel like posting this stuff on my personal account all the time. So I just decided to make a Instagram account. And I'll, like give the information out to the people that are on the podcast episodes more regularly with me. So, yeah, that is just, like, what I've done the past week since I haven't been uploading as well. And I have a Mountain Dew with me. I don't have nearly as much food, thank God, because I pigged out. I'm pretty sure I gained a good amount of weight from all of that food. 
So, yeah. Now it's time to, like, get into the actual, like, episode and everything. So, I... Before I get into, like, what we're talking about, I'm just gonna say right now that I will not be adding any of the locations or addresses of where these crimes took place, and I will only be giving you, like, the names and the years and, like, what time it happened and stuff, so that's just that. And if these, like, pauses seem abrupt, that's because I'm not very good at transitions, so... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, this episode is probably going to be really short, but the episode that we will be talking about, or I don't know why I keep saying we, like there's more than one people here, person here. My grandma's also not the best, so that's probably not helping my grades right now. But the episode or the topic that I will be talking about today is the Axemen of Louisiana. I I am all over the place right now. That is because I've had a lot of caffeine and because I'm kind of just low-key ADD, I guess. I don't know. But this episode will be on the Axemen of Louisiana. The crimes lasted a year. Like, the span, like of 18 months literally but like in general just a year so like they lasted from may 23rd 1918 to october 27th 1919 oh my god i have the worst spelling capabilities ever and it's sad because i know how this stuff should be spelt and i still spelt it wrong oh my god So, as I said, the crimes lasted a year from... The crimes lasted, like, a year. So, from May 23rd, 1918 to October 27th, 1919. The serial killer went by the name The Axeman. He became the manifestation of the Boogeyman, which is, like... A little creepy, if you think about it, because... Yeah, it's just really creepy. He preyed on his victims at night, and he was possibly... He is possibly responsible for 12 attacks and 6 deaths. See, I don't do a lot of research on serial killers, so I don't know what the average killing amount or death count is for the average serial killer i personally don't care to know because you know that's kind of creepy but you know i gotta do the research he would only seem to strike his victims while they were in their beds sleeping that kind of makes me feel like he was a coward like i know he's killing people but like mm, yeah it's it's just cowardice to If you're going to attack somebody, at least do it while they're awake and conscious. Not that I condone 
attacking anybody, but, like, if you're gonna do it, you might as well just do it while they're awake. He would never use his own tools. He would use what was already at the victim's houses, usually an axe, which he would leave behind at the scene of the crime. Hmm. Yeah, no. That's... That's stupid. Like, why leave the weapon at the scene of the crime? <sighs> the fir- Okay, so the first case was of Catherine and Joseph Maggio. I, I, I'm mispronouncing this stuff, I'm sure. But Catherine and Joseph Maggio were attacked with an axe on May 23rd, 1918, along with the straight razor which was used on their throats. I don't know what a straight razor is. I think... I think a straight razor would be one of those, like, things where they, like... One of those old razors where they would, like, flick it out and shave like that, if that makes sense. I feel like... I feel like I know what it is, but I'm just not sure because I've never, like, actually heard what it's called. And I've never heard of a straight razor, so... Catherine was almost completely decapitated, and Joseph had many severe injuries. Wow. That is... That paints a very vivid picture. Ugh. Ugh. That's painful to think about. Good lord. Their bodies were discovered by Joseph's brother, who lived in the same house. Hold on. Just, like, I'm going over this stuff. I only wrote down what I heard from, like, videos and, like, research. I didn't actually, like, process what I wrote. I could have very well written, like, uh, captions and, like, website names for all I know. So, like, I'm technically reacting to this stuff for the first time. But if Joseph's brothers lived with them... How is it that they didn't hear anything? I mean, I'm sure that it couldn't have been quiet. Hmm. That's a little suspicious. Nothing was heard or seen, nor was anything stolen. Okay, well... That dude's just crazy, then. The bottom panel of the kitchen door, which led outside, was knocked out, and all that was found was an axe. Yep. Okay. Fingerprinting was a thing back then, but it wasn't a standard procedure. The, why wouldn't it be a standard procedure? Because, like, if fingerprinting was a thing back then, I, I'm sure they did not have, like, the technology that we do now. But, like, so I, I'm assuming that they had to, like, do ink and stuff and, like, analyze it by hand. I'm guessing that would take a long time, but, like, if you're going over, like, a murder, I'm sure that it would be worth the time. Anywho, that was the first attack. I will get into the second attack as soon as I finished drinking my drink. Or, yeah.
Okay, so I might be leaving to go use the bathroom a bunch of times because I forget that I don't do artificially flavored stuff. Like, I don't do artificial foods or sweeteners or anything like that. And I'm drinking a Mountain Dew, and that is a whole bunch of artificial crap put together. So, there might be a lot of breaks. So, this is just like (laughs) a little (laughs) warning. But let's get into the second attack, because... The first attack was kind of short, and it looks like the second attack was pretty short, too. I mean, I'm sure that all these attacks seemed long as they were happening, but what I wrote down seems like it's going to be short to talk about. On June 28th, 1918... Hold on. Hold on a second. That's like almost a whole month. Louis... I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last word. I'll spell it out. B-E-S-O-M-E-R. And Anna Lowe were the next to be to fall prey to the killer. Both Louie and Anna were alive, but severely injured by... Okay. <laughs> I did not write down everything. Well, I wrote down severely injured by a baker making deliveries. <laughs> they were severely injured and discovered by a baker making deliveries. I think this is when I started to get delirious because I took a break for a while, forgot that I had the video paused and came back and it was like almost 12. So I was working pretty late and a little delirious if I do say so myself. The baker was actually suspect, was like a suspect for a little bit, but like, of course he didn't do it because if you did it, why would you like report the crime? That's like saying that, that's like, if you stole something, why would you report something that's like missing if you stole it? That doesn't make sense. Who? I did a little burp. Louis would survive the attack, but Anna would die only a few weeks later. Anna, before she died, stated that they were attacked by a large white man with a hatchet. Man, I think a hatchet's like an axe. I'm uneducated and don't really go out much, and I live under a rock, so I don't do a lot of word searches or, like, I don't know what different words for different things are, so I'm assuming that a hatchet is another word for an axe. The bottom panel of their bedroom door was missing, and again, a bloody axe was left at the scene. Yeah, I was definitely delirious, because when I wrote that, it all started to go sideways. I got it. Yeah, I'm not saying that, so... The... So, this is gonna be another break, because that's the end of the second attack, which seemed a little bloody and like I know I'm not like discussing a lot of this stuff but this is just what I have and I don't really have anybody to discuss this stuff with because I'm all by myself and I would be talking to myself and that is a little weird okay so this is the third attack About a month later, on August 5th, 1918, 
Mrs. Ed Schneider was found alive by her husband and was rushed to the hospital. She was found in her home. I would assume that's a pretty, like, English is leaving my mind, so you can just assume what I was about to say. She survived the attack, and it was reported that their axe was missing from their shed. Oh, so the axe wasn't left this time. So, that's a that's a change. The victim was pregnant at the time and ended up successfully giving birth a week later. Oh, well, at least one had a happy ending. And Lord, that woman was resilient. Hmm. I'm gonna, like, I'm just not gonna be doing a whole bunch of segments anymore because i keep like pausing and starting this and it gets annoying on my part i don't know if it's going to get annoying on your part because i am definitely not going to be listening to this because i can just i'm just starting to annoy myself so the fourth attack was five days later on august 10th 1918 joseph romano (laughs) again possibly mispronouncing that my apologies. He was found by his nieces after they heard him struggling. His head was bashed in. He was 80 years old. The two girls said that they saw the attacker and said that he was, quote, tall, dark, heavy set, wearing a dark suit and a black slouch hat. End quote. What? Uh... I'm assuming a slouch hat is like a... I don't even know what a fedora is. I'm not going to talk off my butt. So, Joseph died two days later. Oh, wow. Around the same time, August August 1918, the newspaper... I don't know the name of the newspaper because I don't think I paid attention to if it told me that. If you know what the name is, good for you, I guess. The newspaper supposedly stated, armed men are keeping watch over their sleeping families while the police are seeing to solve the mysteries of the axe attacks. Extra police are being put on work daily, end quote. Okay, I guess that was just like a extra piece of information for you guys. The fifth attack. Seven months later, on March 10th, 1919, Rose and Charles Cordomiglia? Yeah. Again, I'll spell it out. You can write it down and see if you want to pronounce it yourself. It's C-O-R-T-I-M-I-G-L-I-A. They were the next to be attacked. Rose woke up to see her husband fight against the axe man, which he eventually lost. Then Rose and their two-year-old daughter Mary were attacked. Rose and Charles ended up surviving, but their daughter tragically ended up dying. As usual, the axe used to belong the axe that was used belonged to the victims. Oh man. I don't know why, but I've just recently started to get really upset whenever I hear of like crimes where kids were being attacked and like kids were killed i don't know why 
I used to not like like I used to care but I used to not like get upset five days later a New, Orle- a New Orleans newspaper received a letter from the supposed axe man it stated quote hell March 13th 1919 esteemed mortal they have never caught me and they never will they have never seen me for I am invisible even as the eth- I don't know what this is if you know what it is Again, good for you. I don't know. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, and even as the ether which surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a fell demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police called the Axeman. He goes on to insult the police um, by saying, quote, they have been so utterly stupid so as to amuse not only me, but his satanic majesty. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it were better that they never were born than for them to incur the wrath of the Axeman. Okay. That's like end quote so far. But the letter goes on. That, that's not, like, scary to me. That's just kind of, I feel like the Axeman is growing an ego from this. Like, you know how, like, people get egotistical and, like, like, stuff like that whenever they do something that, to them, they think is cool, but is actually, like, you know, not so cool in hindsight? I've had a few experiences with people like that, and they kind of suck. He continues to say, quote, Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Now, to be exact, at 12.15 o'clock, earthly time, on next Tuesday night, I'm going to pass over New Orleans in my f- infinite mercy. I'm going to make a little proposition to the people. Here it is. I'm very fond of jazz music, and I stand by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose house a jazz band is in full swing at the time. At the time I've just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well then, so much the better for the people. One thing is certain, and that is some of those persons who do not jazz it on Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. (sighs) This dude is starting to annoy me. The letter would later... Well... End quote. The letter would later inspire a jazz song called Don't Scare Me Papa. Again, I didn't pay attention to the rest of the details of that. So, if you know the song, as I said earlier, good for you. The Tuesday night mentioned in the letter was on March 19th, 1919, and the city was alive with jazz as families beat. Ha. (laughs) I forget that I write my R's almost like V's on accident. 
but the city was alive with jazz as families blared it through their homes. People that didn't own a record player went into jazz clubs to avoid the Axeman's wrath. The Axeman kept his word and killed no one on that night. Okay, I will take a little break because I'm running out of breath. And I'm starting to get like a little anxious for some reason, so... So, I'm back, obviously. The sixth attack was on August 10th, 1919. Steve Boca was badly injured after awaking to a man next to his bed with an axe. He survived the axe and made it barely to a friend's house who called the police. He did not recover his memory likely to the trauma, likely because of the trauma to his skull. So that is literally all the information that was available for that attack. So, I mean, I had to include it because it was still an attack of the Axeman. The seventh attack was in early September. It didn't give me a day, but all it said was like it was in early September. Sarah Lawman, Lumen Lawman, 19-year-old. A 19-year-old was reportedly attacked by someone through an open window when she became conscious. Oh, so I guess she was, like, unconscious whenever she was attacked. When she became conscious, she couldn't remember details about the attacker. Okay. It's starting to seem like these attacks are becoming a lot more random. And more out in public. The eighth attack was about two months later... On October 27th, 1919. Esther, Esther, God. I hate this name because it is so easy to pronounce, but the name just tricks my brain. Esther awoke around 1 a.m. to her husband screaming. Oh my God. I completely skipped like a whole paragraph of notes. About two months later, on October 27th, 1919, Esther and Mike Pepitone, P-E-P-I-T-O-N-E, again, I am probably mispronouncing that, so that is why I said it, they were attacked by the supposed Axeman. Esther awoke, Esther awoke around 1 a.m. to her husband screaming. That's one way to wake up. She wasn't in her husband's room for whatever reason, so she, like, ran to her husband's room, or, like, ran to her room and saw her husband's head was, saw that her husband's dread was struck 18 times, and he died only two hours later. That is a good bit of resilience, too. Because, like, imagine being struck one time in the head. I'd probably, I would honestly probably not survive two strikes to the head, if I'm going to be honest. She saw two figures, but couldn't tell what they looked like since they ran away. Why would they run away? I mean... The Axeman went after, like, everybody that saw him. Or everybody that was there, so I don't get why he... Why the, like, attackers would run away if it was the Axeman. But this was the alleged last murder on the Axeman's killing spree. I'm about to burn. Hold on. 
That one was a weird one. So, since this is an unsolved case, there are, like, there's gonna be theories about what actually happened instead of, like, actual, like, convictions and stuff since there was no... Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you what, like, theories I think are true, what theories I think are bogus, like, all that. So, the first theory is that not all the killings were of the Axeman. That, I believe. Some say that the killing of Mike Pepitone was actually a mafia killing. Some say it was a mafia killing because Mike's father, like, uh, Mike was being blamed for the murder that his father committed a while ago, I guess. But, yeah. Louis, 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 whatever, killed his partner, Anna. That is what some people think. He went to jail, or he was convicted for the murder of Anna. So, because, like, they think that he was a spy or something. Like, it was, like, something that was really crazy and really out there. And they said that there was evidence, but I don't see how he could have been a spy and, like, how he attacked himself. Like, I don't see why he would have attacked himself. I guess to make it look like he didn't do it. I don't know. Some think that there was a copycat killer involved. Or multiple copycat killers. Yeah, because some of these... Some of the aspects of the murders don't add up with some of the other ones. So... The second theory... This one is really out there. I believe in the supernatural and everything, but I personally don't believe in this. Others say that the Axeman was a supernatural figure that could slip through small openings or cracks and form the large man once on the other side that was known as the Axeman. That one seems a little too, like, science fiction-y for me, or, like, not science fiction, but... That one just seems a little too, like, out there for me personally. The third theory, um, like, is the last theory. The last theory is of an actual suspect. And this is the one that I, like, think is the most, like, plausible, like, the most possible one. So, like, we're gonna have to, like, go back to one of the murders for clarification. In the attack of Esther and Mike, I'm not saying his last name, Esther survived. Esther later moved to Los Angeles and remarried to a man named Angelo Albono, Albano, I don't know. On her second anniversary of Mike's death, Angelo mysteriously went missing. Now, what I found in this theory didn't say how he went missing, it just said that he went missing. Esther stated that before he went missing, Angelo had ended a biz- had ended business relations with a man who went by many names. One of them was Joseph Mumphrey. Uh, I don't like the whole man with many names because that's just that sounds like too much of a cliche to me. On December fifth, nineteen twenty one. Mumphrey visited their home and demanded $500. 
and Esther's jewelry, then threatened that he would, quote, kill her the same way he had killed her husband, Mike, end quote. Esther then pulled out a revolver and killed him. So, I'm kind of a fan of Esther at this moment, because, like, she has been through it. The correlation between Mumphrey and the Axeman is that since Esther was there to witness Mike's killing and saw the Axeman flee, she told the police that, like, when she was brought in for murdering Mumphrey, that Mumphrey was the same person she saw kill Mike. LAPD said that there was evidence linking Mumphrey to the death of Mike, and Esther was acquitted for Mumphrey's death. As she should be, because, like, he threatened her first. There was there was more evidence connecting Mumphrey to the Axeman, he had a blackmailing gang. I don't even know what that is. I've never heard of a blackmailing gang, but he had a blackmailing gang in New Orleans that targeted Italians and almost all of the Axeman's victims were Italian. Oh, I gotta stand really quick. My, my leg's falling asleep. stretched i did everything blah 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 he led a blackmailing gang in new orleans that targeted italians and almost all of the axeman's victims were italian so that was that's like coincidental and stuff i guess but it's still like suspicious he was in and out of prison for the prior 10 years and mumphrey's time out coincided with the axeman's attacks so like he was out around the same times, like, he was out the same times that the Axeman would, you know, attack or, like, murder people or, yeah. So, that's another coincidence, like, another coincidence, but it's still, like, adding up. But with that being said, there was not enough evidence to convict him of anything, which I think is really stupid. Because, like, how... I don't get how there would be enough evidence, how there, how there's not enough evidence to convict him of that when literally all of the, all of that coincidence is like there, but people, yeah, I'm not getting into that right now, but yeah, that is the end of all the theories. The one that I believe in the most is the last one that I just said. What I personally believe is that like, Maybe they were all, like, separate. Like, a few of them were separate, like, copycats or something like that. And then the whole situation with Esther was made up. So maybe Esther killed her husband because she said that there were two men standing there over her husband, and then they fled. She didn't get touched, and so she, like, blamed it on the Axeman. I personally think that Esther killed her husband, Mike, moved to Los Angeles, and then murdered her second husband, and then murdered Joseph Mumphrey. I think that Joseph Mumphrey had something on her that told, that, like, showed that 
she killed Mike or something, or maybe they were doing it together and he, like, was trying to get something from her. I don't know, but I think that it's a little too coincidental that she was in the middle of three suspicious activities. She was in the middle of two, like, two murders and then one disappearance, so I think that that's a little suspicious, but I'm not gonna, like, say that she did it. I think she did, but I'm not gonna say that she did it, because, like, I think she's dead, because this was a long time ago, and people don't usually live that long, so I think she's a little, like, dead, dead, so I'm not gonna speak ill of the dead. So, that is the end of the episode. I've noticed that there's a lot of so's that I've been saying, and that is possibly because I am a little nervous for doing this by myself for the first time. Okay, so this is the end of the podcast, obviously. Uh, if there are any topics that the few of you who probably listen to me want to like want me to go over, just email me at like the my new podcast email as soon as I figure out how to, you know, attach it to the podcast. If you can't, I will attach it in a second. I got to look at it and write it down and then I will say it out loud. Oh, I just got an email from my school. But, yeah, if you have any, like, podcast ideas, I can do that. Like, I, if there's a book you want me to read and, like, then go over it, I can do that. If you want, if there's, like, a murder case that you want me to go over, I can do that. If there's, like, a haunting, anything like that, I can do it. And, yeah, oh my god, it's like my phone is just now starting to act right because I'm getting so many new notifications. Uh, so, this is unrelated to anything, but I just, I feel like I should say it. I listened to this song by Olivia Rodrigo yesterday, and I cannot stop playing it in my head and I cannot stop playing it on my TV it's called Good For You I'm sure you guys have probably heard of it and like I also can't stop like playing Deja Vu by her either and then I just started listening to the song by Troy Sivan and Ariana Grande I don't even know if I'm saying Troy's name right but yeah I have just am just having a lot of songs stuck in my head and I am not able to think straight. (laughs) So this is the very, very end. Uh, the plans that I'm trying to come up, come up with are like, I'm trying to find a way to be able to buy equipment to make a YouTube channel so that I can, like, go places and take you guys with me as soon as I, like, am able to. But I am currently broke and I'm looking for a job and this podcast does not pay me because, like, 
I think I already explained it, but Anchor, the thing that I'm doing the podcast through, they require me to give me my, to give them my social security number. And like when I asked my parents if I could have it, my parents were like, yeah, that should not be happening. So I didn't give them my social security number. And so I'm just basically doing this for free. I don't have a problem doing it for free. It's literally just for fun. But I need to figure out a way to make money so that I can save up so that I can, like, afford college soon. Because I need to start looking at colleges soon. And so that I can afford, like, equipment and cameras for the YouTube channel. Because I'm going to start off with using my phone as a camera. Because, like, my phone has pretty good quality. But that's only going to be, like, a starting out thing. So, yeah. That is the very end. I think, I'm thinking about doing a case, like, I'm thinking about doing the myth, going over the myth of the Wendigo for next week. I might have a friend with me. It just depends on how everything goes. So, yeah. Bye.